of Fail On Podcast, episode 017. With our business, it was just always about the customer, about serving them, helping them. And then all that other stuff will come back our way, some way, somehow. And it might not be today, but it's going to happen. Welcome to the Fail On Podcast, where we explore the hardships and obstacles today's industry leaders face on their journey to the top of their fields through careful insight and thoughtful conversation. By embracing failure, we'll show you how to build momentum without being consumed by the result. Now, please welcome your host, Rob Nunnery. Hey there, and welcome to the show that believes you are destined for more and that failing your way to an inspired life is the only way to get there. Today, we're sitting down with Chris and Eric Martinez. They are the twin brothers behind the Dynamic Duo training brand and the co-authors of the bestseller, The New Era of Fitness. They are two of the nicest people I know and have done an incredible job transitioning from hourly personal trainers to creating leverage, building a scalable business. We'll be discussing why long-term business growth is much more important than sacrificing quality just to make a quick buck, why mastermind groups and mentors will completely change your life and how it completely changed theirs, and how focusing on amazing customer experiences will always beat focusing on making money. But first, if you'd like to stay up to date on all the FailOn podcast interviews and key takeaways from each guest, simply go to failon.com and sign up for our newsletter that's going to be at the bottom of the page. That's failon.com. So you guys have traveled an inspirational road to get where you are now. Just so we have some context about who you are and your background, take us back to what you were doing before you got started in entrepreneurship and what made you actually want to take that leap forward. First, I just want to say thanks a lot for having us on the show. It's a real honor being on your show and to be able to sit there and share our story with your audience and see if we can help anybody out by one of these stories or nuggets that we have for you guys. So what we did before we started our business was we went to college. We kind of took the traditional route of graduating from high school, going straight to a university. And that was a struggle itself right there, being in college, not knowing exactly what we wanted to do after that, what our major was going to be. We ended up doing business communications because it was a little bit more broad and we figured we could do different things within that, that scope. And sorry. And, and, and so you guys are twins, right? Mm-hmm. And you say we, so did you guys pretty much have the similar path? Did you guys do the same things pretty for the much most the part? Same path. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. That's what's funny. He went to a JC. I went to like a university and then he did his undergraduate, his core classes at the JC. Then went over for the last like year and when he was doing the classes with me. So pretty much the same path. So from there, you know, we just, we graduated and we knew we had a passion and a gift for helping people out and for fitness because we lost our father at 18 years old and really the only way to alleviate that pain was through fitness, you know, throwing weights around, getting rid of that anger and that aggression. So we knew there was something there with the gift with helping people out and, and fitness. So we hired a coach and we were mentored under him for about five years. His name's Dr. Lane Norton. Always have as much gratitude towards that guy for teaching us everything that we know and, and getting us to where we're at today. Did you hire him as a like a fitness coach or actually like a business coach? As a fitness coach. As a fitness but coach. we, you know, after a couple of years, we're kind of like, you know what? We love what this guy's doing. We said we had a, a gift for fitness and, and helping people out. And we're like, why can't we do this? You know, it's still very early in this niche. There's still plenty of people to go around with the pie. And we ended up just, you know, kind of watching everything he did, kind of picking his brain very slowly with some questions. You know, we did our own research as far as like, you know, with business, marketing, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And we just grew the business very, very slowly. That's what his advice was. Don't rush it too quick. You have one reputation to keep. What year and is this that you were starting to get it rolling? I want to say it was around 
2010, 2011, because we graduated in 2009. So it was about a year or two after that. So yeah, and we just started taking it very slow, bringing on clients, taking care of them, getting them results, keeping our integrity, customer service at the forefront. And from there, just adding different elements, you know, as the years went on, joining masterminds, building our personal network to grow, things like that. Sure. What was what was the core of the business at the beginning? Was it purely personal training or what, what were the different revenue streams and products and offerings? Right. So th- it was just purely online personal training, pretty much. You know, we had a background with personal training people, but so like it virtual was type just virtual, coaching? yeah, through okay. Skype, through videos, you know, phone calls, things like that. We would build them a structured program. They would follow it. They check in with us once per week. So it was all just one, just kind of shot thing and just uh, all personal training online, pretty much. Got it. Had you ever done anything one-on-one in person in terms of training and We've done a lot of like one-on-one personal training and, and, you know, probably prior years for about two years, we used to personal train at a little private gym. So we had a lot of experience with that. So we knew that we could segue into the online realm. And I think that's where a lot of people make mistakes. If they're trying to get into being online coaches and trainers, they don't have any background in the trenches, you know, with people and then segueing in that they jump too quickly into the online because they They want to scale, right? They want to scale and they just want the shortcut pretty much. You know what I mean? But you got to put the work in. Yeah. And I want to add to that because it's a, it's two different complete worlds when it's online, as opposed to, you know, actually helping people in person, guiding them, you know, actually building that relationship in, in person. And it's just, it's something that's huge. There's so many different trainers that come our way and ask us, you know, what did you do? And what is some good advice? And the first thing I'll tell them is build yourself through those trenches personal train people in person, whether that's at a big box gym, a mom and pops gym, build your clientele locally, and then expand from there. But you have to develop those skills to help people in person that will carry over to the online world. You know, I think, so it's interesting, personal training, I feel like it's a really interesting way to get into business, right? Because you already have a way that makes money, right? Because you go to gyms, you train people one-on-one. Yeah, you're trading time for money, but you're still getting paid for something, Right. And for a skill that's going to, that you can scale eventually by going the virtual route. So I think for, I mean, what would you be your advice for people that maybe don't have a business yet, but they have a skill or maybe they trade time for money, whatever it may be. What would you recommend for them to get started in a business? I would say that the number one thing I would recommend is hiring some sort of coach or mentor, someone that you want to emulate, that they've been in the trenches and they've made mistakes so that you're accelerating that learning curve because it's so easy to sit there and go like that longer route and do it yourself and kind of hold your pride and ego with it. But if you can accelerate that process by hiring a coach or a mentor and learning through his mistakes so that you can sit there and accelerate in your own gift and bringing that about, I'm huge on mentors and coaches. Huge. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm right there with you. I think some of the mastermind groups I've joined have been the biggest catalyst in, in terms of my growth personally as well as professionally. What was the biggest struggle of going from going from nothing basically to getting it started in your business? Not going from nothing, but going from the physical one-on-one to scaling and going virtual. Yeah, I think the biggest struggle was just, you know, choosing faith over fear. I mean, honestly, that's really what it is when it comes to a lot of millennials and entrepreneurs is fear and fear paralyzes us. That's really what it does. It's just an imaginary wall. There's really nothing there. It's all in our head. So so why, why is this such a big issue though? Because I, I totally yeah. agree. And everybody I talk to, like, especially people just wanting to get started, they're so scared. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why? I, why? I just, I think it comes <laughs> down to just like, a lot of people just don't want to fail. They just, they hate that word. It's just that word just does something to our subconscious, like, you know, words of affirmation, but something about that word failure, 
it just sticks with somebody. I think it also has something to do with everybody growing up getting trophies for participation, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> and I think too, yeah, it could it could segue even back to, you know, people's childhoods, how their parents were, maybe their parents lived in fear. So they, you know, they were raised like that. So it's just, there's a lot to it that we don't know. It really is dose dependent from each person. But at the end of the day, that really was kind of like our huge barrier. You know, we questioned our, we, we questioned ourselves, like, can we really do this? Can we make an impact? Can we exploit these gifts and unique talents that we have to offer the world? Can we serve people? And we did it. We, we actually did it with a lot of convincing. <laughs> we had a great support system, but I think that was the hugest challenge, just making that leap. Gotcha. And one thing, sorry, I'm, I've got two identical looking people in front of me. Uh, just to give some context, we're actually sitting in Cole Hatter's office, which is kind of an office, it's, it's an office, converted into an office from a condo. And so we're sitting at his boardroom all chatting. Yeah, it was pretty sweet. Kind of serendipitous that we all met because I was... I'm, interviewing Cole today as well. And he said, Hey, I got these guys here. Why don't you interview them as well? I'm like, of course, let's do it. It's awesome. You know, one thing it was, it's Chris, right? Chris. Okay. Eric's got the tattoos. Chris has less (laughs) tattoos. I'm getting it. One thing you mentioned was accelerating the learning by having mentors and coaches, right? hundred percent agree. But I think a lot of people out there, including myself, like I can be told a million times not to do something or that the oven's hot or the stove's hot. But I'm never going to truly understand that or believe it until I actually touch it. Right. You know, so I think it's a, it, it is different for everybody. What do you think's the balance between getting coached, getting mentors versus just like jumping in and getting your feet wet, right? Right. That's By a great, yeah, that's a great question. I, I love what Ty Lopez says about this. He did a podcast on this and it really, you know, grasped my attention because he said, it's kind of like, think about it like a doctor, right? A doctor needs to go obviously to school to sit there and learn about the human body, right? So they need that one step in there for their arsenal. The next step is they need to go to residency school to sit there and learn like the practical applications, right? From like a mentor because they're going to learn from other doctors in there. Then the third step is they actually need to get their butts out there in the actual medical field and start being doctors, right? Applying that knowledge, see how good they are. So you need those three steps. And I think too many people overlook those three steps. You know what I mean? They either try to sit there and just get like a coach or a mentor and throw themselves in there. They don't sit there and do their own self like education. So there's a lot of components that they kind of miss out on and try to, again, try to just do like a shortcut, but you need all three of those components to really succeed. I think. Got it. Did you guys always know that it was going to be fitness? That was the business world you're going to be in? Or what did you guys ever have a point where you're like, man, what business, like we know we want to start a business, but what should we do? Well, growing up, we were always active in a sports, whether that was soccer, basketball, we were just huge sports fanatics. So it was always something along those lines. I, I, I personally wanted to be like a physical therapist or an athletic trainer. But after that, I was like, eh, I don't know if I want to go down that route. And then I started to know, school. <laughs> exactly. And I did my undergraduate work, then got into the online world. And I was like, hey, there's a little niche here for Chris and I to, to take advantage of. But I think it was, we, we always knew there was something with like sports or health and, and helping people. Gotcha. And just in terms of your business today, what are your different revenue streams? Is it all virtual coaching? What else What else do you guys have going on? Yeah. So right now our main bread and butter is our one-to-one coaching. That is what is most personalized that gets as much like time and attention from each client. So that is what we do, you know, for our bread and butter. After that, we have other programs. We have, you know, a ton of eBooks, you know, for those like, you know, glute programs, flexible dieting ones, hit cardio ones. And then we just came out with our new book that we just published, The New Era of Fitness. And we have another program too that we just released. It's a 10-week strong mind, strong body automated program. So we have two or three courses that we sell on our website. So 
those are all different revenue streams. And then we also too, I mean, we're doing a live event in June right. in Hollywood. So we're adding that right there to the revenue stream. We want to build that up every single year to get it bigger and give them that real life experience. And then we, we're trying to do like one-off coaching days, like VIP days where we have somebody fly into LA and we take them over to like the Mecca in Venice and train there where Arnold Schwarzenegger trained, go grab something to eat, you know, do some entertainment stuff. So yeah, we're trying to figure out different ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Just in terms of that, it's, a, it's kind of a good segue. I was going to ask, how do you guys continuously get outside your comfort zone? It sounds like you guys test a lot of different stuff, right? You're doing your first live event, which is a huge step. What are some other ways you try to get outside your comfort zone kind of on a daily basis? Yeah, I would say just being open-minded. And I love this analogy. We go to a lot of like self-development seminars and we read a lot of books, obviously, and podcasts, but you actually have to go to the real thing and put yourself in there and get uncomfortable. And I think Nowadays, too many people are in survival mode, meaning their egos, you know, their belief systems just pretty much is a barrier with their thought process. And, you know, they will not sit there and be open to change. So once you're open to surrendering and, you know, being vulnerable, you know, exploiting what your weaknesses are, that's the thing of beauty. That's when you can unlock your gift and actually, you know, master it and share it with the world. So that's something that Chris and I have done over the course of the years is just you know, be more open-minded, surrender, you know, let these, these high level people, mentors teach us and actually learn and absorb the information. Otherwise, I I don't think that you're going to grow as a person. Totally. Who are you guys looking at as a mentor for putting on your first live event? So we definitely pick Cole's brain on this because of Thrive. Yeah, he's, he's grown Thrive so far. Right. right. So he was like the number one go-to person, just really kind of just asking what all the logistical things look like and everything like that. Other than that though, we kind of just want to experiment with ourselves and just kind of get our feet wet with it. So we took a lot of great information from him. But other than that, it's just like, we're going to go off and just try to do a lot of stuff ourselves. And that's what we've been doing because we want to learn from it. But yeah, I would say Cole, you know, he's given us some really good ninja tips within it. I would say to add to that really quick, we got a lot of good concepts from Ty Lopez too. We were actually in his mm-hmm. business builder program for the last year. Mm-hmm. So he would always, you know, put on, you know, two to three day retreats at his mansion. So we would always sit there and kind of just like, you know, envision what we could do and gonna, pick and choose little things he did. So I would say him too. Mm-hmm. So is this going to be a paid event that you guys- Paid event, on? yeah. What's your, I guess, what are the goals that you have for the live event? Man, the, the biggest goals give our clients and whoever attends that, the, the time of their life, like a life-changing experiment or experience, sorry, just something that they're going to sit there and just be wowed and sit there and rave about. You know, I don't care to make a profit off of this. I really don't. I want to take all of the money that we make from them and reinvest it inside the retreat so they walk away with that experience. You know what I mean? Because it's so easy to get greedy and be like, okay, well, I want to make a profit off of this and then sell them short with whatever it is those over those two days. But in my mindset, I'm like, you know what? I see what Cole does as far as the value he gives for us when we go like to the, the mastermind retreats. And it's like, I want to just do that. You know, give these people a hell of an experience that they can just rave about. Yeah. And I think that the main thing we want these people to take away from it is like kind of the five components that we talk about within our book, the new era of fitness, which is lifestyle, personal development, mindset, training, and nutrition concepts all kind of intertwined into one event. So that's what we're really pulling for. Are you guys putting it on? So are you guys going to be the featured speakers? Do you guys have experience speaking? Or is that... So we're not going to be like the featured ones. We have six other people that are going to be speaking. So three on Saturday, three on Sunday. And we're obviously going to do, you know, a couple of exercises because we don't want to make it like this, like really rigid, like, okay, have a speaker on there with like the whole whiteboard or whatever it is. We want to sit there and like get in groups, do workshop style, have, have them do some exercises, share it, you know, really grow from the experience. So Eric and I will hop in and just kind of do some exercise on both those days. Got it. And it's, it's, 
targeted towards people like your clients, right? right? Like looking to get in better shape, looking to level up their fitness, their nutrition. And just people that want to just grow. Like, mm-hmm. you know, that's why we we're incorporating the the components of personal development and, you know, mindset and, and, and lifestyle, because we don't want people that are just going to be there like that. Oh, like I want to stand on a soapbox and just have this physique and that's it. My life be, be all around that. You know, we want people that want to grow in all aspects of life. Got it. Got it. No, that's awesome. I'll, I'm going to make sure to keep up with you guys yeah. and see how, that, <laughs> see how that ends up. So obviously you guys have a lot of cool stuff going on, but it's not, it's not always just rainbows and butterflies as an mm-hmm. entrepreneur, right? It's, it's a grind. It's a battle. I mean, you guys just sat in that room recording your audio book for like four hours, <laughs> right? you know? So what's, what's some of the, I guess, I don't know if painful is the right word, but what are some of the, yeah, let's just say painful. What are some of the most painful parts of being an entrepreneur to you guys? Yeah. To be honest, I think it comes down to practicing patience and just really sticking to your core values and your long-term vision. Otherwise you start getting there, you know, you start getting that mindset of comparing yourself to others, trying to, you know, take shortcuts. It's just, it's not going to lead to what you know, you really visioned, you know, for your business. But for example, Chris and I, like our dark times for fitness is around the holidays and we always prepare for that. It's such a grind, you know, it's, it's, slow. it's are, so slow. I mean, they're, but they're the January is a rocket ship, right? Exactly. I mean, <laughs> you know, it's just one of those things. I think all businesses have seasons. Mark Cuban once said too, that there's no off season in business. And I truly believe that. So you know, we just try to practice patience and just, you know, always kind of just get more creative with what we need to do and just, you know, tighten up our budget if we need to as entrepreneurs. I mean, yeah, there's, there's dark times when you're an entrepreneur and there's times you're going to question yourself, like, why am I doing this? Why am I putting myself through all this stress, anxiety? And if you really believe in, you know, what you're trying to do in your vision, then you keep going. Yep. Yeah, I, I can't add anything to that. <laughs> he got me on that. <laughs> You're holding the mic, but I wish he could drop the mic, right? right? <laughs> so are you guys 50-50 partners? 50-50 yeah. partners, yeah. Got it. I mean, he's a minute older, so he'll think he's like, you know, 51, 49, <laughs> but no. <laughs> got it. What, so obviously you guys have kind of gone along the same path, right? Through school, starting a business, just in terms of kind of more the nitty gritty of like who you guys are, each as individuals, do you guys have complementary skills or you guys kind of have like the same strengths, like strength and skill set as each other? That's a great question. I mean, that's it like is. something we're trying to really like figure out, even just to kind of brand the twin, you know, differential like stuff. But it's just, it's so tough because we're so similar in so many ways, but yet we are different in, in a lot of ways. I wish I can sit here and give you a bunch of different traits that like he's good at, that stands out, that I'm good at. I mean, it's just, it's really different? tough. I'll, yeah. I'll, I mean, I'll, I'll add to this one. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I've got something one. to say here. Yeah. <laughs> so Chris, Chris is more of the type that just, he worries too much as opposed to myself. I'm more calm, laid back. I just kind of take it as it goes. You I get know stressed as well though? I do get stressed, but I, I don't like to just like think about it so much and make it worse where this guy is just always just kind of like, go, go, go. And just wants to just move on to the next thing. And just, I tell him to pump the brakes a little bit, but that's kind of what the good part is because we both balance ourselves out. I think sometimes I could be too lenient. So I need that push from Chris. So it helps. What about in terms of like, so I've had a business partner in my last, in my last company and it was challenging, right? Cause we were, we did not do like any person personality test beforehand. We, we get along great, right? We're good friends, but we had pretty similar skill sets and it became very challenging, right? Because, you know, we were both more strategy, less like systems and process oriented. What are you guys in terms of 
your okay. strengths. I, I got this one. So <laughs> <laughs> one that stands out a little bit is like, I'm more kind of like the content creation type of person. So I'm like, you know, figuring out what the next video needs to be as far as content. What do we need to do? Kind of put a little twist on the social media, you know, video, stuff like that. And he's more kind of like the hands-on, like he'll do a lot of the business side of the stuff, more kind of the finance stuff. He's really big, like on, on dealing with the podcast. That's like kind of his little baby. So I would say just little differences like that. Got it. Got it. So do you guys do you guys categorize it like that? So like different segments of the business. Maybe you'll be in charge of YouTube, and yeah, you'll be Eric will be in charge of the podcast. Yeah, we, we definitely it. do that. I think you have to do that just because we'll interfere too much on what we're trying to do and just kind of walk all over each other with it. So I think it's better to kind of separate that. Yeah, and I think too we're we're both action takers, you know, and sometimes it does conflict a little bit, you know, because we just kind of jump the gun with certain things and we've tested things and failed with things and just, yeah. So it's just, or just made a decision too quickly. Right. You know? mm. So out of the entire journey, entrepreneurial journey, it sounds like you guys got started 2009, 10, 11, right, right around there. So you've been doing stuff since college, basically. Have you guys ever worked for anybody else in terms of like a corporate job? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. I used to work for a hospital when I was going, doing my undergraduate work. And then I s- kind of transitioned full-time for two years after that. Then I just got to that point where I would just go to work, just upset. Like the whole Been there. Men- yeah. the whole mentality of going to make somebody else money and me just sacrificing my time. I was like, ah, I got to, I got to eliminate myself from this equation and I got to go do my own thing. <laughs> and then for me, I think this is a really good teaching point too, for the listeners, because I think that you need to be what's called an entrepreneur sometimes, right? So instead of being an entrepreneur, you need to be an entrepreneur. And that's what kind of we were by default. You know, I didn't know what that was at the time, but I was working for a college access program and I was managing about 20 different kids, making sure that they were going to get to college, right? Making sure they had good grades, passing their classes. So I was like developing systems in there by default, right? So once I segued into my coaching, I had a lot of those, those systems, those habits, those skills to like manage people and build those type of systems so that they could be successful, you know, and I wish I would have known that at the time, but at the time I didn't know that, you know, but now looking back at it, it's something I can teach people that are coming to me asking me, how do I get from here to here? You know, it's like being an entrepreneur, just be patient. Like look at what other people are doing, you know, in their systems, how can you apply them to yours? Exactly. It's like kind of like an example of like, you know, having a sales job, right? I mean, that's a great skill to learn and, you know, just learn persuasion skills. I mean, you just have to put your own twist to it and, and, and understand that, you know, you're using that skill for something bigger and better going forward. So. Oh, I a hundred percent agree for that person. Let's say it's a salesman, right? And he's doing well, making good money, making six figures, a little too comfortable, right? Cause he doesn't have to actually work that hard to, to make the money. It's kind of on autopilot. But he knows he wants to have, he knows there's more, right? He wants to have a business one day. What recommendation would you give to somebody like that? That's a good question because he's in that state of mind where, you know, he's making the money, right? So and he's comfortable, right? Yeah. So I think at that point, it's really a mindset thing, right? Because he's fixated on already being comfortable making a lot of money. So if he fails, he can always go back to where he was, right? Making that, that six figures. So I think that's really just a mindset shift and more of kind of like a purpose type of thing, right? So is he really fulfilling his purpose and his true gift, making that six figures? Is he happy feeling fulfilled or is he coming home at the end of the day, still feeling unfulfilled? Right. So I think that's a decision they got to make and a mindset thing, because it could always be the other way around where it's like, okay, he's going to make a little less money, but he's going to be more fulfilled, you know, doing his gift and his real true purpose. Yeah. I think on that point, it actually brought something up for me. Like, so when I finally quit my corporate job, it was 2013. Like the pain for me was so great that I was literally reading like a business book in a coffee shop. 
and I just started crying because I knew I had so much more potential than what I was doing. It's awesome. Wow. I was working remote for a company. I was living in Georgia, but working for a health tech startup based in San Francisco. And I had done, at this point, I had done nine failed businesses where I had just tinkered, tried, made a little money, nothing to like support myself outside of my corporate job though. And I was just like, shit, is this it? Like mm -hmm, I've right. got to be able to do something. And the pain was so bad that I just started crying. And I was like, I, that was kind of like where I drew the line in the sand. And I was like, I got to do something else. I got to make a change. And then I got into media buying and started learning about the online ad space. And it took off from there. But I think on to that point is that if he's comfortable in the six figures, maybe he doesn't want it bad enough. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. And maybe the the pain, he didn't, he doesn't feel the pain to, to push him across that, across that threshold right. where he has to make a change. Yeah, it could be so many different things. Yeah, because I read, I read a good. It was in Tony Robbins' new book, Unshakable. He made a really good point about fulfillment, and that so many of us have so many different things that fulfill us. You know, as humans, that it's just so bizarre. Sometimes, like we will never understand why a certain thing fulfills somebody, and it just goes back to that. You know, just shoot, like you said, you were just not fulfilled with the job you were doing, and you were in pain. You know, internal pain, and you had to get out of that. And it's an interesting shift, right? Because at that point, it was my only motivation was. I wanted to work for myself. That was my only thing. You know, I wanted to have the time freedom to hang out with my wife and not have to report to somebody during these hours and report to this person about what I'm doing. I, I just wanted the freedom, right? That was my main motivation. And then once I started doing once I got that, my main motivation shifted, not from purpose. None of it was purpose-driven, which is sad looking back, but it was my journey. So I'm not, you know, I don't regret it. But it was first time freedom to work for myself. Then the second was financial freedom to just make money. It was purely financially driven. And so I got to that point and then it was, this isn't very fulfilling. Like this is pretty empty. Like I'm working for myself. I'm doing what I want. I'm traveling. You know, my wife and I travel all over the place. We were on planes all last year and it was empty. Yeah. It was sad. Yeah. And I think a good story to tell the listeners too is, you know, we had that kind of point where we were in our business, where we were kind of just getting to that point where it's more money driven. You know, how do you keep scaling, scaling? Just that was the only focus. And it just got to the point where it was just tiring us out, just kind of getting away from our true vision, our core values. But then we went to thrive, right? And when Cole was talking about his four purpose business model, giving back, making money matter. I was a game changer, man. I was there too, game man. Changer. I don't even know if Colt knows I was there, <laughs> but I was there. Yeah, so game <laughs> no, changer. 100% agree. You know? Like watching him talk about, I don't know if you remember it. It's, what is it? It's like the quadrant, right? Yeah, the, yeah, the four quadrant. Like, yeah. That was super eye-opening for me. And yeah, it, it changed the way. Like you don't have to, like, because I started like looking down on, like beating myself up because I was so money-driven, but it's not bad to be money-driven, right? But there needs to be something else also behind that. Right, right. Yeah. And then we went to the Mexico trip in, in like late December, gave back to the orphanage. That was a huge like breakthrough we had right there. And then after that, I mean, we're giving a certain percentage to that orphanage every month that we make from you know our earnings. So it's just about giving back, kind of just find, finding that fulfillment, you know, little by little. It's not going to come overnight, but just little by little, it's going to come. I think I saw on Cole's Facebook, did Philip McKernan yeah, he was there, man. He's awesome. Yeah, you gotta have him on your podcast. I already have actually. <laughs> oh, nice. I, we just got back from a group of us. We're all in the Bahamas together. Okay, and he was there and interviewed him. And do you guys know Ben? Ben Greenfield's also in the fitness space. The name sounds familiar. I've heard of yeah, him. Yeah, so he he was down there as well. So I interviewed him. But you know, one thing I actually really like this has been awesome getting to know you guys. One thing I really respect by just the short conversation we've had is how you guys are able to be so patient and so long term focused. 
And like just purely based on your answer, Chris, on your goal of like for the live event, that your focus was 100% on creating an amazing experience Mm -hmm. for for the attendee speaks volumes about you guys. How have you been able to have the mindset of, okay, let's grow slow. Let's put all of the focus and energy on creating an amazing product, amazing service versus let's make money. I think a lot of it goes back to our upbringing as well, too. Our father was a correctional officer in, at San Quentin Prison, so he was really tough on us. You know, he just talked about always just being very responsible, just always like earning, you know, what you're trying to do and don't live in fear and to just always just go for more. So that really stuck with us. And I think just as we've gotten older, too, just hiring more mentors, you know, being around, you know, more successful people, it just it sticks with you. It's like, it's contagious. It rubs off of you. So, you know, after we went to Thrive and then we've, we've invested in Cole's actual program as well too. I mean, he goes above and beyond. He just literally, that's who he is as a person. And it's like, that's the kind of person I want to be around. That's the kind of person I want to be. And that's, you know, with our business, it was just always about just, you know, about the customer, about serving them, helping them. And then all that other stuff will come back, you know, our way, some way, somehow. And it might not be today, but it's going to happen. Yeah. I was going to say the same thing, just mentors, coaches, seminars, masterminds, just everything just, you know, and then that's the thing is just everybody's so afraid to invest in those type of things. You know, like they'll sit there and be like, wow, you dropped like 20,000 for a mastermind. I'm like, hell yeah, I did. And I do it again because of the experiences, the knowledge you learn, the type of people you surround yourself with and just the way you become after that. And it's just, it's priceless to me, you know? So I just, I, I can't emphasize that enough. It's just mentors, coaches, seminars, masterminds, just Higher level people, just higher level yep. type of things like that. This brings 100% agree. This is, it actually brings up an interesting point that I've talked to some people about, but not necessarily on the podcast. I think mainly offline, but obviously you guys probably grew up having the same friends, right? Same core friends group. As you guys have started to see more success and invest in higher networking events and surround yourself with people doing awesome things that you want to emulate, have you guys run into the issue of, kind of leaving some friends behind as you've kind of gone up and have they tried to pull you down? Have you guys dealt with that at all? We've never really dealt with like friends trying to pull us down, which is a great thing because I've heard stories like that and it's very unfortunate. I love our friends because we're all very different. You know, they they know how we are like entrepreneurs, go-getters. We moved out to LA. We're originally from Northern California. So we left all of our friends there, met some amazing friends here in Southern California and they're different from us too. But when we're all together, we click, you know, we don't sit there and talk about just me and Chris or our business. It just, we have great conversations and we have fun. And I think that that's what is priceless. It's hard to find good friends. And I'm not going to lie. I'm a little bit more like, like just picky and, and I have to be a little bit careful on who I let into my life and stuff because you just never know these days, but I think what's helped too is like, you know, as Eric and I have grown over the years and, you know, obviously like more success has come. We're not like some celebrities or anything like that, but it's like, we've never sat there and like put ourselves on a pedestal or like, you know, talk down to them or like make them like belittle them or anything like that. We've always sat there and kind of like looked them in the eye, you know, and it goes back to that law of 33%, what Ty Lopez talks about, surround yourself with people that are above you, people that are right at your level. So your friends and stuff, and then people that are below you that are up and coming because you learn so much from all of them. But at the same time, you could sit there and just relate in so many different ways with all of them. But all of these people, I'm just looking at Cole's fridge right here. It says core values. (laughs) All these people have to have kind of the same growth mentality though, right? If they don't, they do. I've found that out with like some of my friends in the past, like not everybody had the growth mentality and we just kind of grew apart and 
there's less in common because you know I'm really focused on on growing right. personally, professionally, etc. And that wasn't necessarily maybe they were interested in, but wasn't like that's one of my core values is like continual growth. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, and that's a great point because so many people do have that fixed mindset, and obviously, like you know, you and I, we have that growth mindset, and that's just about us being aware of our surroundings, and then you know, that's up to us to sit there and be like, okay, we're going to spend X amount of time with that person because they have the fixed mindset. So obviously, you don't have to spend as much time around those people, you know, but you don't have to be an ass either. Yeah, of course, <laughs> of course. So what does what does failure mean to you guys? If you, I'd like to hear from each of you and try not to be not to be swayed by each other's answer. Yeah, I'll start off with this one. Failure to me. So my first mentor told me that it's only failure if you quit. Everything else is just a setback. So that's always stuck with me, right? So never quitting because if you look at the worst outcome from the failure, I think that's what you have to do to reframe your mindset is just kind of reverse engineer like Gary Vee says. Just figure out what is the worst possible outcome if you fail, right? And from there, that just kind of puts you at ease a little bit, right? It's never so as bad as people think. It's not as bad as you think, man. You're not going to end up on the streets kind of like you know, homeless in a box. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's true what the whole thing says. Where, where there's a will, there's a way. You know what I mean? So to me, failure, it's just not as big as I used to kind of anticipate it. And it's because I reframe my mindset that way. Yeah. Eric? Yeah. For me, failure is just another opportunity to grow and to get better. To me, I think we all have to somewhat fail to, you know, get better as people, grow our business, get more wise. So to me, it's just another opportunity. Yeah. I don't look at it as a bad thing. We all fail. It's like, we all make mistakes. We're human. You know, you just have to keep pushing forward. hundred percent. So yeah, I mean, that's, it's kind of the mantra we live by here, right? It's fell on. So with the idea being that if you're not trying, you're not failing. And then if you're not failing, you're not growing, right? So it all, it all starts with actually just taking the first step and having a little, you know, faith over fear, like you mentioned mm-hmm. earlier. and and just go and do it. Absolutely. You know, but I think, I think a key kind of like point to take away from that is you can't just continuously just run into the same wall, right? Because that's also, you know, doing the same thing over and over, not learning anything and expecting a different results. Just what, that's insanity, right? So right. it's actually trying, failing, and then actually taking a learning experience from that and, right. and updating it. If you guys had to just give one directive or action item that you would give somebody that has, let's say, let's say they're in a job or they're just coming out of college. If you had to give them one directive or action item to get started in business or create a better future for themselves, what would it be? Let's start with Chris. I'm going to stick to kind of like being the broken record throughout sure. this. Just hire a coach or a mentor. You know, yeah. somebody that you look up to. You're following on social media. You want to emulate that they have. Hire them somehow. Do a coaching day with them to accelerate that learning curve. Even if you don't have any business idea, it doesn't matter. Even if matter. you don't, I mean, just man, you know, like if you're around those people for a day, you're going to get something out of there that you didn't even expect. And it's going to spark something like just get your wheels spinning to where you're just going to get your mind blown probably. So I would say hire a mentor or a coach or something like that. Even if it's probably more expensive than they want to pay. Yeah. And that's another whole conversation. We, we know we, we got a lot of questions like, you know, people don't have the money to invest in like coaches or like, you know, things like that, but it goes back to good credit versus bad credit, man. And it's like, at the end of the day, we wish we all had like 50 K to sit there and just throw out on our business. But sometimes you have to sit there and take that plunge and put stuff on credit cards. And it's like a good example is like, if you need a website and you know, you're running a service-based business online Obviously, you need to put that on a credit card, right? That's good credit because you're going to build that up and get the ROI, right? So you just have to look at it that way. And it all comes down to, again, a mindset thing, you know, a mindset thing. It's also looking at it as an investment over an expense. Exactly. So what about you, Eric? I was going to say the same thing about him, about mentors, but no. (laughs) 
I'll go a different route on this. Yeah. I think that self-awareness, self-awareness is huge. You know, we're not all those like superstars that, you know, we think we are. So you got to have to understand who you are as a person. And I think always just kind of reevaluating. I mean, you could even use the SWAT acronym, strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, threats. I think always by kind of just reevaluating, you're reevaluating who you are every two, three months, it's powerful, you know, and especially having it on paper, making it visual, put, you know, making your subconscious remember, putting it somewhere else too, that's going to remind you. If you guys had to single out one person that's had the most profound impact on your life, who would it be? Ooh, that is a great question. Yeah, that's a good one. That you say, man, I I literally would not be sitting in the seat if it weren't for that person. Yeah, it was our first mentor, you know, Dr. Lane Norton. If I wouldn't have sat there and turn that page in that muscular development magazine and seen his column on there, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing today. Did you call him? Just, man, there was something there, dude. Like I, I really think it was some sort of fate or some sort of sign from like my dad above, you know, I was in so much pain and just, there was some sort of sign right there. And I just emailed him cause he was a natural, you know, athlete. And I was just inspired by his story and everything he preached. And, you know, luckily he took us on and mentored us for five years and Man, you know, I just don't think we'd be where we are right now if it wasn't for him. And that's why I said I have a ton of gratitude for him. And, you know, I could never pay that guy, repay that guy. I would say for me, it's my father, just because he built the foundation with everything. He taught us, you know, everything. He raised us right. You know, he was a workhorse. His work ethic rubbed off on us. And I know we didn't see that as we were kids because we're blind to that. hardly ever do, right? Exactly. But looking back at it now, I'm like, holy shit. Like he just worked hard for us and to provide for us so much to where it's like, man, it's like, I don't ever want to sit there and, you know, not fail, but I don't want to sit there and let him down ever. I just want to keep, you know, pushing for the stars and making him proud. Sure. That's awesome. So obviously you guys have the event coming up in June. What else is coming up on your radar that you're just super stoked about, really excited about moving forward? Yeah. We're actually presenting at a big sports nutrition conference in Phoenix. So that's going to be in the middle of June. So, you know, a little bit nervous about that, but still excited. It's a great opportunity. We're going to be talking about our book, about the subject, about where we see fitness evolving. So that's that's one of the big ones. And what else? I think just the live event too. That's a huge one. And then just the other little things, just still like getting the book out there more. Obviously, we just recorded the audio book today. So getting that out there and just, you know, serving our, our clients, you know, still, you know, just adding value to their lives, doing whatever we can to help them and just slowly just building, you know, nothing too crazy, not a huge plunge, you know, just slowly building. I love it. Lay one brick after another. Yeah, it's going good. So you <laughs> can't sit there and make any like huge aggressive moves right now, you know? Gotcha. Well, guys, thanks for the last minute meeting. It's, this has actually been a lot of fun. Yeah, this was yeah, awesome. Thanks, thanks for thanks having so us. This is great. It. Yeah. All right. So till next time, take it easy, guys. Thank you. All right. So you can email Chris and Eric at dynamicduotraining at gmail.com, dynamicduotraining at gmail.com. And they're at dynamicduotrain on Twitter. That's at dynamicduotrain. And of course, all the links and resources we discuss, including more information on their books and business, can be found at the page created especially for this episode. That'll be at failon.com slash 017. And keep an eye out for the next episode to follow this one. We'll be sitting down with Nicholas Kuzmich. He's the world's leading Facebook ad strategist known for the highest ROIs in the industry. Nick has endured a tough and brutal journey on his road to success, and he shares how he was able to battle through it. It's an inspiring story. It's at times a heartbreaking story, and you absolutely don't want to miss that conversation. And of course, as I continue to build out this project with the simple goal of getting people to once and for all decide that they're going to fail their way to creating an inspired life, if you could do one simple thing to support the cause, I'd be very grateful. When you click the subscribe button and leave a rating and quick review, this allows the podcast to simply be visible to more people. 
To rate and review the podcast really easy, just visit failon.com slash iTunes or failon.com slash Stitcher. That's all for this episode of the Fail On Podcast. For more resources, show notes, and action items to help you find success in your failures, sign up for our mailing list at failon.com. For more actionable inspiration, we'll catch you next time right here on the Fail On Podcast.